This podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends from the Bravo Realtors. You can call them at this number. That's 8100-2300. I repeat, that's 8100-2300. You're listening to Plan B Podcast. The opinions expressed and shared on this podcast are of our own. Welcome to Plan B.SG. We are five months into this pandemic. More than 150,000 people have died. Genuinely, this is what the science is showing. And granted, you know, initially early on, there was a bit of confusion as to what you needed and what you didn't need. Demanded that he should score for Liverpool. A goal against the enemy. Virgil van Dijk. Welcome to Planby.sg, I'm Zari Smile. And I'm Darren Mark. And I am Rama. Uh, you're, you're excited, you're bouncing up and down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, it's, Tell it's, us. it's a morning uh, morning recording. We yeah. don't usually record this early. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's like, what, 8, 8, 8 in the morning? Yeah. So, you like this timing? <laughs> I, I don't know if I count myself as a morning person. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but there is like a there's a nice energy, you know, in the morning. Of course. When you bro. go out and then you see the morning sun. <laughs> and like today was raining a bit also. Yeah. So it was like you, a nice you know vibe. what would be nicer? Mm. If we had some prata before mm. this. <clears throat> Ooh. Mm-hmm. That would that would be nice. Yes. Lesser than 500 calories. I'm trying to go on a calorie deficit. Uh-huh. As you can see, okay. I have a show coming up. We, we have eaten <laughs> with you before, many yeah, times. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, yeah, yeah. The deficits don't work with oh, you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, I'm sorry. Yeah, In well. fact, like, we, we've kind of revised the strategy, you know, when we eat mm. with you. Uh, mm. We, we don't, don't order, order anything. <laughs> like, yeah. We let you do all the ordering because yeah. you order like five times your share. And then oh, we just eat God. whatever you can yeah. finish. So help you finish up. Uh. Yeah. Today, yeah. really exciting day. Yes. Mm-hmm. The reason why, because this particular individual or special person yes, it's a new appointment. Yes. Effective today yes. <laughs> yes yes what a what a day to kick the the big day off huh? yeah, yeah so who who are we who are we with who we are, are we? with none other than rahu mazam in the studio mm-hmm. and uh, of course uh mentioning that she's a new appointment today she has been promoted to senior uh pal secretary and will be taking up an appointment in the ministry of law Ooh. and will we'll continue in the ministry of health mm-hmm. but relinquish her appointment in the ministry of communications and information welcome to the show man. thank you so much guys <laughs> i didn't realize you made like special arrangements to do a morning show we're happy to do it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but that Prata offer is good uh, yeah. just that <laughs> I'm still um, I'm still MOH lah, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I will yeah, have yeah, to yeah. watch over you yeah, I, I just saw actually like uh-huh. there was a, there was some release I think talking about how there are new national guidelines for mm. health mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you might want to check those out eh? where they are yeah oh there, is, there is there is HPB health activities you know some guidelines I mean we are a developed country most developed countries struggle with you know like obesity and mm, like mm, sedentary mm. lifestyles because like, yeah. we're all like off- especially not back to office right? sit mm. there for like six hours stare at the screen click click click, click mm. and then don't walk how are you feeling for your you know like how are you mm. feeling today are yeah you, man this is the first day in office it's um actually like any normal day because mm. the work continues yeah. and um it's I don't know. I mean, it's just a mix of um, excitement but also a bit of sadness because I really love the work that I was doing mm-hmm. at MCI. Mm-hmm. And in particular, actually, that's why I'm here. I mm-hmm. wanted to talk a little bit about the work that we are doing with Digital for Life, mm-hmm. um, with our Digital for Life movement and the festival that we recently had and how that could actually um, help support um, persons with disabilities. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, quite excited to start the day but it's been a busy weekend so I'm still in a bit of a blur recovering from all that and trying to get into get through the day but 
this is a an awesome start, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have to like physically move offices? Yes, I do. Oh. Um, but I probably be squatting it <laughs> for a bit because I haven't completely packed up my things. I see. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. that's going to be quite a big move, lah. I'm moving across the road, lah, so it's not oh. far. Oh, <laughs> across the road. Wait, MCI. Oh, MCI is at the the colorful building. The colorful building. building right? yeah, that's yeah. right. So now you you'll be moving to which Treasury, office? which is ah. at Minlo. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Nice. Minlo is which is at Treasury, yes. Ah, okay, okay, lah. Good, lah. Not not too much uh, logistical headache. The food at Funan Center is oh, amazing. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That that gets Raman going, lah. Eh? <laughs> Talking about food anytime. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so I mean like we are here to talk about the PWD uh, community and like tech for life. Mm. So um, we do have some questions like, well, so this PWD community, like I've personally um, interacted, like I, I tutored before mm. and I mean, unbeknownst to me, the child was actually uh, special needs. I didn't realize, the parents didn't tell me until quite late. Mm. Um, but like I've, I've had my own personal experiences, but mm. um, I, I mean, I heard that you also have your own Mm. Like it's it's a it's a strong cause that you associate very strongly with, right? Mm. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Um firstly let me just thank you guys for doing mm. this. I think um you've also created a lot of platforms for people from the community to talk about this issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful. Um the community is actually um quite diverse uh, mm-hmm. in a sense because disabilities um, you know, transcend of a broad spectrum. Yep. So there will be um, the physical disabilities, there's also um, sensory issues and those with um, autism and, you know, they're different, different, different needs. So it's a broad spectrum and some of it, what they say, invisible, like mm-hmm. um, yeah, those yeah. with intellectual disabilities, you can't mm-hmm. really tell. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But many of them are also very um, high functioning and yes. they can overcome their difficulties to contribute to society. So it's actually that broad spectrum. Personally, for me, I think... I think you, you guys would know this. Um, I have a son who has Down syndrome and that has really opened my eyes to mm. the whole um, world um, of this community mm-hmm. um, that have um, concerns about this issue. They have caregivers, family members who take care of um, their children with special needs. Yep. And over the years, you know, you see um, a lot of them advocating for mm-hmm. um, things to be um, put in place, infrastructure mm-hmm. to be improved mm-hmm. so that they can participate and be part of our yes. community as much as possible. So for me, it is quite um, um, heartening to be mm. part of this community and also to be um, joining the trailblazers who have actually created things that make paths easier right, um, right. For, for people in this community. Um, but I think there's always room for improvement and things that we can keep building on mm-hmm. to make life better and mixing about really truly inclusive. Okay, yeah. So, I'm um, talking about the community. Actually, how big do we have stats? Because I personally don't know like what, mm. what's the number of persons with disabilities. I don't mm. know what counts also mm. because I mean, like you mentioned, it's such a broad spectrum Yeah. Mm. Um, and there are so many different categories. So, do we actually have numbers? Are they mm. aggregated according to like physical, mental? Yeah, so that's the thing. I think if we want to talk about this, we've got to look at data from different sources. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, we have um, data that comes from MOE, for example. Right. Mm. I believe it's about um, 2.2% mm-hmm. oh. from the um, student population oh. that um, are in these, um, that has disabilities ranging from physical disabilities, yep. sens- sensory in the mm-hmm. uh, spectrum, autism spectrum. Mm. And so these are, sorry, 2.1% okay. um, of the student population. And if you look at, say, data from NCSS, okay. um, 
they look at it, um, and this is a self-reported data, okay. which includes also those with disabilities arising from um, accidents and injuries. Oh, yeah, okay. so mm. if you're looking at those in the age range of 18 to 49, it's about 3.4%. Okay. And those 50 and above would be 13.3%. Right. So that's mm. one set of data. If you look mm. about, uh, if you look at the um, census 2020, which just mm. came up, <laughs> and um, that one is a different sort of tracking. We're tracking people who are not able to um, complete... Um, one um, daily activity, one basic activity. Oh. You're looking at a number of about 97,600 97, people. Okay. Um, from age five and above. But oh. that's yeah. that's quite a big number. Yeah, and, and it's about I mean, two point uh, about two percent of okay. the community. Yeah, because yeah. I've two point five percent. I, I've heard about how like in for the MOE system in particular, right, mm-hmm. schools, how I think Pathlight is is a very well-known yes. school for special needs kids. But at the mm. same time, there's always talk about not enough space, not enough mm. space. And like, I mean, I just wonder because I've personally mm-hmm. uh, encountered people. So like my teacher from back uh, in secondary school, mm. sh- her son uh, was special needs and she just couldn't get a space. Oh. She said that she struggled and then like because there wasn't a space, she ended up having to go to normal school. Mm. But regular school, I mean the teachers aren't equipped. Mm. And I mean sometimes even if the teachers are, the students, you know, are not the most receptive. I mean yes. kids sometimes, yes. they can be quite mean. Mm-hmm. And so the You're boy right. actually unfortunately mm. had a very tough time. And in fact, because of this, mm. I mean, unfortunate experience, he developed a very strong fear of Singapore. So even, I mean, mm. they eventually moved to Australia and she oh. said that like, she, he's enjoying himself much better there. Mm. And he has developed a fear of coming back to Singapore, you know. So, when they're coming back Oof. to visit, he cries. Mm. Oh my. Because he's, I don't want to go back, I don't want to go back. Mm. And it's unfortunate lah that, that, you know, uh, these these people and the, the caregivers also have to see this. And then it's their homeland, right? Yeah. Mm. And then, because of these things, you know, you don't want to come back and see the family it's it's not mm. a pleasant experience. So I just wonder, like, are there plans to increase schools? Mm. Thanks for sharing this. I think this is um something that if you talk to people in the community, mm-hmm. there are um anecdotes of this mm-hmm. um and experiences that they've had where they feel a little bit um disconnected and not able to get the support mm. that they need within yep. the community. I think the truth is it is also an evolving process. Yeah. Um, it is something that we've continued to build over the years. Mm-hmm. I think there's always room for improvement. But I must say, at least for for example, my personal experience, right? Um, when my child was born, I must say that there was kind of a, there's a clear support team that came in. I see. I can imagine how it may not have been a few years back. Mm. Because all these things are kind New. of, you know, trailblazers, really they pushed the advocate and they brought things yes, you know, into yes, the space. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, you know, the kids have different needs through different stages of their life mm. and also they are also diagnosed perhaps at different stages. Mm-hmm. So you, we need to make sure that all those touch points, it's available. But for some of the more mature sort of, um, where people are already familiar with Down mm. syndrome, for mm-hmm. example, mm. you know, at the point of birth, I was already given information, yep. um, I was already, um, raffles were made so mm, that okay. early intervention mm. programs, you mm, know, could mm. be put in place. Um, and the community came in, like I was introduced to WhatsApp groups. Mm, and, mm. you know, so that helped me along in my journey. WhatsApp but, groups? Yes, the mm. mommy's groups. Um, oh, yeah, actually, support, um, uh, yeah, support groups. So, yeah. um, for me, my experience was a lot better because mm. those who came before me, um, pointed out where the gaps are and mm. filled that in. So I think um, this experience of not having places and all that, sometimes it's still evolving, but yeah. we, we are really, I think, building the mm. gaps and mm. filling in the gaps. So you have, um, for schools, right, you have students 
with disabilities who actually can go to mainstream schools. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. Um, it is making sure then that the school and the teachers are all prepared. Now, actually, MOE mm-hmm. teachers are very, um, you know, um, are trained and oh. are, um, to look out for some of this. Yeah. And, and they are also supported with allied educators right, to help. Right. Um, but different children have different needs yeah. and sometimes yes. experience can be different. You also have SPAT schools. We have 22 now, mm-hmm. um, but we are also looking at expanding and um creating more schools mm. to right. actually mm-hmm. deal with the needs. Mm. So it's something that I think um, will continue to hopefully get better. Mm. But I think experiences like that of your friends is yeah. something that we have to acknowledge and see how we can close the gap. Because it's also not just the school system, it's the people around them, right? Yeah. It's the students, it's how people look at you, it's how yeah. people talk about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that's something that we need to continue to edify. Yeah, but um, this, So this brings me to two related questions. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, just, yeah. wait, just before you get there. You see, this this is actually a point that uh, I have been thinking a lot, mm. thinking about a lot because uh, I mean, you know that I help out at a few homes where we have mm. children as well. So it's it's always a conundrum for us because, like, uh, I feel there's an overwhelming uh, desire to just classify kids mm. into special needs. Uh, mm. Sometimes mm. there's a over tendency to say they have ADHD, they're on the spectrum, they're this, they're that. Uh, but I feel that. Uh, not enough is being done to see whether we can keep kids in mainstream schools. Like everybody just wants to offload them into a particular track. And I feel like that in a sense prejudices the child in the future because it's different if if, if you let the child try mm. and they can't make it, then it's okay. But if you don't, if you stop them from being able to try to go through the, the mainstream system, it I feel that you are in a sense... Uh, categorizing them way too early. What mm. What do you think about that? I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, with this because it's also something I grapple with mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot about because you want to make um, a society that is truly inclusive. Yes. Mm. It must be that they are able to participate in all aspects of yep. life yep. and mm-hmm. key points at, uh, that, you know, education mm-hmm. and as much as possible, you want them to be in the community and not segregated to yes. a certain segment. But in that, there are a few considerations and a few, um, I suppose, views on this, even amongst the parents of children with special mm. needs. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about one, yes, we want it to be truly inclusive, something that um, can actually facilitate the process of the child's development Mm -hmm. but two you also want to have a space where the child is comfortable at growing and you have the necessary facilities necessary therapists that can be put in place to help the child's development so because the children are at different spectrum at different needs Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that there's a multiple um pronged approach in, yep. of sorts yep. to mm-hmm. be able to provide that space mm-hmm. so for example in in schools right um in, in mainstream schools, clearly children need to be taught. You yep. know, you spoke earlier about how, you know, children can be quite mean. Like, yeah. I mean, if they don't yeah. know. Because yeah. um, to them, you know, it's just something more. But they need to be taught very early on how to mm-hmm. be inclusive. There are a lot of mainstream schools now who take that effort mm-hmm. to actually teach their children to mm-hmm. understand and appreciate people with different needs. Mm-hmm. Then you also need to create the spaces. But whether it is practical to then have all the whole spectrum and whole gamut of services like mm-hmm. um, the um, occupational therapies, the speech therapies, yep. Because they all have different needs May not make complete sense To have all that available In a mainstream school Mm. Which is why you may need Then spare schools Mm -hmm, Where then they are um, Taken care of At a different space Um, But then with that How do you make sure That they also integrate In the community How Mm. they're enskilled So that they can also participate In some of the common spaces And common Mm. activities That we do So these are things That I think um, We need to um, 
continually unpacked. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you made a, a fair point in that it needs to be, um, we need to be very conscious as to how we, we should integrate and mm-hmm. not segmentize and then in yeah. the end, have them not part of the community. Yep. But it's a work in progress and I think mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the, those who have um, disabilities have grown up, have been adults now and they're also championing yeah, yeah. some of this and mm-hmm. are teaching and educating people, hey, this is the right way to interact, this is the right way to speak, this is the right nomenclature to use. Mm. And I think um, that calls for like, you know, um, we need to be patient with each other in, on this. Those who don't mm-hmm. have enough knowledge and those who know enough also we need to be patient to teach each other so that we can really work towards an inclusive society that we Yeah, we, because we th- that's the thing, right? Like you want to be inclusive and yeah. that, like a big part of it is visibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, some of the some of these disabilities are invisible. Just by their very nature, you cannot see them. But the thing is, people like us, I mean, regular people, mm-hmm. we may not be aware. Like people, I mean, I was never taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Like I, for example, when I when I was tutoring a, a child who was on the mm-hmm. spectrum, like I had to go and read up specifically how do I teach, how do I relate to uh, children like that? Because the parents didn't tell me until like, I think like almost a month into mm. my engagement with them and then they said, oh actually, uh, there's this there's this thing. They probably didn't want you to prejudge the child. Yeah, <laughs> and then like it was it was only after like a period of time and then I, I started noticing like a bit of lag and then mm. I, I did ask and like, unfortunately there's stigma because mm. I saw it in the father's eyes. Mm. The father was very reluctant to, mm. to uh, talk about it. Mm-hmm. The mother was more like, so when the father was around, then the mother would tell me like, yeah, so there's this. Uh, can you can you uh, help help us? Mm. So I went to read up a bit, and then I realized that okay, I need to take adopt these different strategies to to teach the the kid. And I, I mean, thankfully, in the end, actually, I was able to get through to him. They mm. were saying that I was one of the only tutors who was able mm-hmm. to actually relate to their to their kid. Mm. Um, but you know, there is there is stigma. Unfortunately, mm. sometimes even among the parents themselves. And mm. I mean, that's just it's sad to see lah, because it shouldn't be something to be ashamed of. Like mm-hmm. these things. Happen. happen. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's just part of reality. And if it's on society to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, early on you mentioned about Australia and I'm, I was just sitting here and wondering, are we looking at the models of other countries in terms of inc- uh, inclusivity for PWDs? Like through your research and mm. of course your observation. And you mentioned about being the trailblazer in this scene. Are we like kind of like the first of its kind to implement this sort of system here? Or are we actually looking at other systems that are already working mm. in place? Mm. Fair question. Maybe I could just respond to some of the things mm. both of you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, you know, the thing is, you don't know until it crosses path with you. you mm. know, it, yeah. this, right. this is not something that you probably... Because they are... You ask about the numbers yeah. and actually the numbers translate to a very small proportion of mm. our community. That but that does not mean that we shouldn't do something about it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if we truly care and I think the mark of a very mature and um, caring society is one that actually cares for the weakest and the smallest. Um, I think that's something that we need to do something about. And so um, this experience of actually interacting needs to happen if let's say um, by having people actually come into the spaces, Mm. into the community. Um, But there's so many reasons why they can't. Um, One of it is stigma like you mentioned because Mm -hmm. actually many different parents um, deal with this differently, sometimes there's a lot of denial because there's a mm. lot of feeling of, oh, something's wrong with my child. Mm-hmm. And that takes quite a lot 
to for them to overcome yes, and yes. Um, reactions from others may not necessarily help them in that journey mm. so if people are supportive if people are actually welcoming and don't look at their child differently yeah. then I think that will allow for more parents to actually come out mm-hmm. and then more of them will be part of the community mm. and that leads to the point you raised uh, because you said um, how do we look at other models I think what we want to achieve in Singapore is mm. really that that we have people who are able to actually push to their best potential or encouraged mm-hmm. to be to their um, at their best potential and are able then to integrate within the community. Mm-hmm. So um, that is the vision we have and hence we are constantly looking and studying at where this um, opportunities are yep. or, or where these um, um, models have been um, developed in different right. places in different countries. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it has to also fit our society and mm-hmm. how we can actually grow. And that is the model that we want. Actually, we want to see where we can edify people mm. um, and also then actually allow for opportunities for us to um, encourage um, them to be... Um, brought to their best potential, participate in the community and have spaces made for yep. them within the community. We interrupt this program to bring you... This podcast is proudly brought to you by your friends from the Bravo Realtors. That's right. You can call them for your property health check right now at 8100-2300. I repeat, that's 8100-2300. You can also find them on the Instagram at the Bravo Realtors. Who are we with, Darren? We are with... Uh, Fatima, who is new, Khalid, mm. and of course, uh, our best friend Kamala, <laughs> yeah. we've known for so long. Huh. Um, so yeah, what are we talking about today? I think something about mature estates. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. we're talking about non-mature estate mm. reaching $1 million recently. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. This is, wait, wait, wait. Any, I mean, anything reaching $1 million is painful to my ears. Yeah. Because that means that by the time my turn comes, right, uh. it'll be more than that. Of course it will. <laughs> why am I laughing? Yeah, why are you laughing? I should be crying. <laughs> no, we're laughing at you, bro. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's not good news, right? For, yeah, for people it's not below good news. 30. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good news for the sellers, lah. Like, and mm. and this is in not mature estates. Yeah, so this is the one so at uh, Woodlands right? and Pasir Ris. So it's uh-huh. non-mature estates. Um, before this, it was at Haugang and Ishun. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. so also the other two non-mature estates that have reached the one million Why mark. Why is Pasir Ris not mature? I thought Pasir Ris was mature already. Mm, it's still, still considered non-mature. Yeah, okay. As long as there's still land for uh-huh. them to develop, mm. it's uh-huh. still considered non-mature. Okay. Oh, uh, I see. Are there, are there actually so new like projects there? Eh? Yeah. Yes, this new BTOs we're going to build. Okay, oh, building up, yeah. Really? So, so mm-hmm. will, will price, I mean, prices will never go down, but mm-hmm. when these new projects are launched, will they like kind of ease up on the on No, the I don't think so. First, we have to understand that these units mm. are very different from the rest. Okay. Oh, okay. So, mm. all of them that have reached 1 million in these estates, right? They all are right. all more than 2,000 square feet. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Big, That's so, huge, bro. Yeah, Is that true. big? I, because I, if you big. look at... Sorry, um, this per square feet thing, uh, I just be honest, I cannot visualize. I have never. So what is like so four room, it's five actually room, uh, it? executive mansionette. Uh. Okay, so the executive mansionette they have probably four bedrooms, they have three toilets, and uh. probably two living rooms. Uh. What? What? Two living rooms? Yes, two living rooms, two huge living rooms. Yeah. Are they, this yeah. combined. This is like the cram. Com- cram. Combined is is jumbo. Oh, mm. this is not jumbo. Uh. Yeah, jumbo is four plus three, probably four mm. plus four. Or three plus okay, three. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, but if not, you're first time. Then it will be really bad because, right, like, yeah, right, how right, much right. grants can you get and how much loans can you get? Yes. So, yeah. So, what's the impact on the everyday buyer now? Hmm. If we ask the first timer, right, it's yeah. quite 
sad for them lah. Mm. Right? Yeah. But where these buyers come from? We have to know where the demand coming from. Yeah, I'm from. curious because I mean, if True. such a big house, and if let's say you're a new couple just got married, you want a bad house, like True. why would you need such a big house? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the valuation, there probably a lot a very high COV that is being paid. Yeah. But this the demand coming from buyers who have actually sold their private condominiums uh, or uh, their landed properties. Oh. So they have really used to be staying in a big house. Uh, so for them to move to a four room and five room could mm. be very squeezy. Oh, so me. they are the Normal people who like took advantage of the growth in market prices, right? Uh-huh. And then they cash out uh-huh. and then they're like, hey, I'm not going to stay in a four or five room. Uh-huh. Let's just buy this at uh-huh. 1 million. I've already profited maybe 2 uh-huh. million. Uh-huh. Why are they so, selling? Is the business not doing well? Or what, what are the reasons? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> okay. Is this an okay. indication to something? Okay, uh-huh. so um, recently, HDB prices have all got, went up. Yeah. Not even mm-hmm. HDB, like, even private property prices, yep. right? They've mm-hmm. all went up. Uh-huh. So probably they bought this unit, uh, let's say a landed property, maybe five, six, seven years ago, okay. at about 1.5, 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then today they realize that, hey, I still have loan to pay, mm-hmm. but I've yeah. already, my property value is already mm-hmm. up to 3 million, 4 million. I see. Mm-hmm. Might as well, I just retire. Sell my house, oh. take the money, mm-hmm. and then buy yeah. a fully paid property, Correct. right? Yeah. I see, yeah. I see. So I guess that could be the mindset, lah. Example, mm. right? I can give example where I stay, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you stay? <laughs> where do you stay? <laughs> <laughs> Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you see, one uh, neighbor uh-huh. uh, before this was before the MRT uh, yeah. was ready. Uh-huh. Okay. Sold at 3.3. Okay. Okay. Just after nine months, where the MRT was ready, mm-hmm. the next neighbor. The same size selling a sold at 4.2. Wow. You see, that's a difference of about 900,000. Wow. So if you have made that much profit, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, definitely you want to cash out. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. but you, know, you see, so so what you're describing now, right, sounds to me like this one, as much, of course, one million is a lot for HDB. Mm-hmm. But given the demographic that it's serving, uh-huh. it's actually not that big a deal, right? Because like, I mean, they're making yeah, a huge the profit. The problem again. is there will always be a trickle effect, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yes. Right. Yeah. When the the top end becomes like that expensive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people who maybe were upgraders from uh, smaller properties are now not able to do that. Mm-hmm. So they will buy others. Then oh. it will keep on... Trickling you, down rise, all the way. Yeah, yeah. Raise, yeah. Like, because this kind, of, this kind of unit, it, it, there's no more in production. I mean, there, there okay. won't be be made anymore. Mm. Like uh, executive. Yeah, why? Uh, why yeah. they do that? Uh? Space, brother. Space. Of course, space. space. Oh. They built up instead of built right. <laughs> so all yeah, the new projects just are... Just build. Yeah. <laughs> you need an EM. Yeah, all all man, the new you projects, know? Are, you know, they have a specific size. Mm. You oh. won't be a, able to get uh, this kind of size like Jumbo, you know, uh-huh. 189 square meter. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the smallest would be probably 134, 136 square meter. That is uh-huh. called 5A. Uh-huh. Okay. So you won't be able to get this kind of size anymore. So it's uh-huh. true lah when people say that like new houses are all like much smaller. <laughs> it's, it's actually true. There is yes. a yes. limit to it. In Pasiris, there's only 13 of these units available. 13? One, one yes. tree. Wow. Yes, that is above 189 square meter. So that's why... Wow. It's really very rare mm. that the sellers are putting it out. Mm-hmm. If you look at two years ago or even one year ago, right? Mm-hmm. It probably is not even one million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So now that they know that they can get this price, it's mm-hmm. a good time for them to cash out. Yeah, anyway, yeah. recession is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Inflation is up. Shit. They need the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think just now Darren was <laughs> asking about that, yeah. how how would a, a newly married or a couple yeah, yeah. would buy a jumbo, right? Mm-hmm. I remember I I gave this couple a call recently. Mm-hmm. Five. Five years, two months, about five years ago, okay. I bought this couple a jumbo in Woodlands. Wow. Yeah. wow. They only okay. paid about 550. Okay. Mm. Oh. 
Yeah. Cheap, so right? they only paid about 550 jumbo. jumbo yes. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, so when I called them, okay, do you know that the price was transacted at about 1 million? They were surprised. Oh. Yeah. So they were thinking mm. of selling lah. Selling and of course. Right, right. So at this that period, this couple of course can afford. Mm-hmm. If they were to buy that uh, property at 1 million now, yeah. definitely you won't afford. Yeah, yeah. yeah goes yeah. back to the you know MSRT, DSR thing lah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so the, now they sell them what they're gonna buy. Yeah, I haven't do any appointment yet. Right, right. So, yeah, so this let, is let's meet them first. If you're listening, I don't know. Uh, maybe five years. Appointment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe yeah. in five years they have two, three kids. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these yeah. are conversations that you want to have with our friends from the Bravo Realtors. Yes. And um, this is the number to call. To exactly. So reach if, out to them. Yeah. So if you want to make this uh, property health check, uh, just call them at this number. That's eight one hundred two three hundred. I repeat, that's eight one hundred two three hundred. You can also find them on their Instagram. That's at the Bravo Realtors.